The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jack Kammer is with us here today. How are you doing? I'm very well, Toby. How are you? I'm doing great today. Now, you kind of style yourself as the counter-feminist. So can you just describe a little bit about what the ideology of counter-feminism actually is. Yeah, okay. Certainly. Um, I call myself the counter-feminist social worker. It's Mm. important to mention to your listeners that I was a social worker, and so I was very uh, keen on understanding social problems. So uh, social work is very, very, very feminist. Uh, I'm speaking of the U.S., don't know what the situation is in the U.K. I doubt it's much different, but it might be. Um, The primary social work education organization in the U.S. uh, offers a feminist scholarship award. It's very feminist. Um, We hear a lot in social work education about the patriarchy and male dominance. And anytime there's a discussion about domestic violence, it's always the male perpetrator and the female victim. So a counter feminist is distinct from an anti-feminist. An anti-feminist listens to discussions of sexism against women and problems women have, an anti-feminist will say, ah, nah, bunch of baloney. (laughs) A counter-feminist says, yes, that's all true, maybe with some exaggerations, but yes, there are are problems women suffer by virtue of their gender, and so do men, and so do men. And please, let us look at how men are affected by sexism, and let's talk about how sexism against men and sexism against women uh, are connected, and how can we really uh, cohesively, competently, uh, holistically solve these problems, rather than just looking at what men do to women and never considering anything untoward that women do to men. Yeah. And maybe part of the problem would be that if you listen to a conversation about sexism against women and go, yes, and some people might think that you're changing the subject in a way 
or do you feel like it's still sexism so it's still okay to talk about men in that situation well i suppose i am trying to change the subject but who mm. who is it who decided that the subject should be only about women mm. uh, they changed the subject yeah. uh you know we really should have had a negotiation between men and women yeah. uh in in this in this era of of wanting to find uh the win-win and compromising and negotiation and listening to your stakeholders and involving everybody's point of view in the decision making because that results in the best decisions it's really quite shocking how little men were invited to discuss what we might need mm. in the effort to balance uh, power and relationships between the sexes. There was no negotiation. It was essentially a shakedown. Mm. You have all the power. We want our share. Fair, fine. That's great. Women also have power. We don't really have very good understanding of it. We don't have mm. good words for it. We don't have good terms and names for women's power. We don't have good imagery for how women's power operates. But every man who is interested in relationships with women knows that women have a lot of power. And to deny that is not to advance us towards finding greater harmony between men and women and fewer problems in our society. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the time, men are blamed for women's problems, even boys that are young and have done nothing to make women's rights any worse, but they're somehow told, oh, you can't have your say on equality because you're a man and it's all yes. your fault. Yes, and we hear um, frequently, especially in social work, we frequently hear about the great all-purpose feminist boogeyman, uh -huh. the patriarchy. Uh -huh. Now, there is such a thing as patriarchy. It's a form of, uh -huh. of social organization. And, and for eons, we have had patriarchy, but we have not had the patriarchy. And to the extent that we have patriarchy, it's important to remember that one of the primary things that patriarchy is about is about trying, at least, not always getting it right, but trying at least to be good and protective towards women and children. Mm. Um, you, men have been patriarchal, perhaps, um, uh, thinking that father knows best and not listening yeah. to women. That's a, that's a mistake. Um, but the, um, the corollary mistake is to, dis, uh, to disappear what men have to say and what boys have to say and what men and boys need. You, you, all you got to do is just open your eyes and look around and you can see that men have a lot of problems. It was politically advantageous to women, to, to the women's movement to not talk about men with problems, but to talk about men with power. Mm. The men with power are relatively few when you compare them to the men who are in prison, the men who commit yeah. suicide, the men who are homeless. Uh, we really gotta we gotta be more honest about all this yeah and what do you think of people who accuse men of mansplaining because when i actually look at what it is i've had people explain to me women explain to me in a way that if they were a man explaining it to a woman would count as mansplaining so really people are just calling it that because it's a man to a woman when everybody mansplains feminism is nothing but femsplaining <laughs> it's nothing but femsplaining them telling us what reality is and I, I've designed a t-shirt on the front. It says, 
the most sexist idea of all is the belief that only one sex is ever harmed by sexism. Mm. And on the back, it says feminism is 50% correct. If you don't understand that, you're 100% wrong. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Thank you. So I I think another thing about femsplaining is that it's just sort of nasty. It's Mm. just nasty. I'm I'm sorry, about about the the word mansplaining. Saying when men try to say what our reality is and how things look to us and what our judgment is and what our point of view is and how we might disagree with women, calling that mansplaining is really just a a rhetorical trick to tell men to shut up, to disallow what we have to say. And that's not respectful. It's not helpful in ideas of diversity, especially viewpoint diversity, you know, decision processes, decision-making processes that involve viewpoint diversity are more effective than decision-making processes like the one we've had under feminism, where women talk and men are told to shut up and just listen and go along with it. And if they don't, well, they're chauvinist pigs. It's just wrong. It's wrong. And we got, we got to get past this. And we need to look at the problems men have, not just the power men have. We also need to look at the power women have, not just the problems women have. That will bring us closer to the possibility, at least, of improving our society. And I think of all forms of discrimination, sexism is probably the one that's the most a two-way street. Because in terms of racism, I don't think I've ever had any anti-white things said to me, or maybe not even seen anything, but things said against men. I see it all the time, and I guess I feel I've probably missed out on opportunities because I'm a man. Yes, I think you probably have. Um, And and you raise a good point. It's often said by people who don't want to hear men's point of view, oh, talking about men's issues is like talking about white people's issues. Mm -hmm. Well, no, it's not. Because when you're comparing white people and black people, at least in the United States, I, I can speak a little bit about this. There are very, very few advantages to being black in America. And so it is right and proper and just that we talk about the need to unilaterally uh, help blacks achieve the same kind of power that whites have. The situation is not parallel between men and women because in America, there are many advantages to being a woman, many advantages to being female just as there are advantages to being male. And so uh, it's not not honest, it's not helpful to to disallow, to disregard uh, the need to uh, shift power in both directions between men and women. Yeah, and even when you look at homeless people, they're mostly men because women get all the help if they're in that situation. They get they get help. They, they get relationships. They are not uh, as likely as men to be estranged from their families, to be kicked mm. out of their families, to lose contact with their kids, to be blamed by the wife who tells the kids that we don't care where dad is uh, because he was a bum. And he was, you know, mean and nasty and wasn't worth anything. And that's, you know, part of why men 
end up homeless. It's because their social relationships are much more fragile, much more vulnerable to female power than uh, women's are. Yeah. And generally, I think society cares about women more. Like, for example, a few months ago in the UK, a woman went missing and was murdered and everybody cared about her. And then a few weeks later, this black teenage boy went missing. Nothing was said about him. And actually, the news articles were framing it as if it was his fault. So that's kind of victim blaming. And if that happened to a yes. woman, people would be outraged. Yes, I, I agree. And and talking about the the situation of where black men get the the least sympathy of virtually any demographic group. Yeah. Black men are at uh, the intersection. Intersectionality is a big word in social work these days. Mm. Uh, black men are at the intersection of two kinds of discrimination. Uh, they, they get a terrible one-two double whammy punch. Uh, they hear they are no good because they're black. They also hear they are no good because they're male. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm not a black man. Yeah, that's um, for sure. Suicide among black men is a huge and growing problem. And, uh, you know, all we want to talk about is, is uh, how it's a patriarchy and how men have privilege. And it's just a horrible, horrible, selfish fiction. And we need to stop it. Yes, it's just annoying when people say that all the time because it's easy for a woman to just blame it all on men when, I mean, these days maybe they can change to a man, but if they've never been a man, they don't know the struggles we have. They don't want to know the struggles we've had. Yeah. Uh, when we say they, we're speaking in great generalities here. It's yes. not true of every woman. There, mm. there are actually some women who are pretty good allies of the men's movement. Yeah. Um, but, you know, can I tell you what I think is the the... Overall, the big picture of what's going on. Yeah. 60 years ago, women were kept out of a, a pretty nice uh, sphere of influence, namely the male domain of jobs, careers, making money, uh, being encouraged to pursue uh, high achievement in science, math, government, business. And women said, hey, we want some of that. You, you, it's not fair for you guys to have all of that. Yeah. Okay. Men with a sense of honor, especially towards women, said, okay, all right, we don't like this. We don't like this. This is killing us, but you're right. Okay, fair enough. And for 50, 60 years, we've been struggling and making pretty good progress at helping women get equal opportunity in the previously domain, the previously male domain of careers business and external achievement. For those 60 years, we have not been talking about the nice things in women's domain. Yeah. Women's domain involves probably, it could be argued very reasonably, some of the nicest things in. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life, relationships, connections with your kids being respected, being trusted, having your feelings cared about. Um, And we have not at all endeavored to make sure that men get that in equal measure with women. And I think that many of the problems we see facing men and boys these days is based fundamentally just in a sense of unfairness that results in despair. This unfairness is so clear and nobody's talking about it. How can young boys and young men not think, oh, my God, this is not going to get any better for me. Nobody cares about me. Who's going to bat for me? Who's advocating for me? And uh, suicide, drug addiction, dropping out of school, sitting in your base, in your parents' basement, playing video games all day. That's all the result. Why care? Why try? The system is just not fair for me. Yeah. And it's we, we got to make it better. For 60 years, women and girls have enjoyed an unrelenting pep rally. Do you know the term pep rally? Um, I don't think so. In, in, in sports, it's uh, a gathering of fans for a team, and they all get together yeah. and go, yeah, 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 you guys are the greatest. Go get them. We can win. For 60 years, women and girls have had a, an unrelenting pep rally. Yeah. People have pep rallies because they work. They, they pump you up. They pump up the players. They build morale. They foster a positive attitude. Yeah. Boys and men have had nothing like that. In fact, we've had sort of the opposite because we are the other team for the team that has had the unrelenting pep rally. Yeah. Women are great. And those men and boys, uh, they're, they haven't got a clue. They're stupid. They're, you know, it's the end of men. Who needs men? Who needs boys? All of that yeah. stuff. How does that help men and boys live happy, healthy, productive, emotional lives? It doesn't. Yeah. And the excuse a lot of the time I see for sexism against men is that women were oppressed for thousands of years by men. But you weren't oppressed. You're 26. So what's this nonsense about? So the idea that men men oppress women focuses on the men at the top of the uh, hierarchy of of male power. So, you know, maybe there are men at the top who 
can't wait to oppress women. I doubt it. I think it's far more likely that they're interested in keeping other men down than keeping women down. But we're looking at the top. Look at all the men in in Parliament. Look at all the men in Congress. Look at all of the CEOs of the of the of the corporations. Look how many of them are men. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, now shift your your gaze down a few notches. Let's look at the men in prison. Let's look at the men who are homeless. Let's look mm-hmm. at the men and boys who are committing suicide. Uh, <laughs> yes, some men have a lot of power. Yeah. A lot of men have very little power. And I think it's different on the female side because mm-hmm. the female side is not hierarchical. It's much more lateral. And so women don't have the, opp- the same opportunities that men do to have huge amounts of power. But they have much more probability and likelihood of having a fair amount of power because every woman has a pretty good opportunity of, if she wants, um, having a family with some kids. And she's going to be the queen of that little domain. She's going to have a modicum of power in a very real little boat, ship, business, call it what you will, organization, whereas men have a greater chance of having a lot of power and also a much greater chance of having virtually none. Yeah, I never thought of it that way that, you know, you need to look at the top and the bottom and find that men are overrepresented in both, but mainly at the bottom because, you know, people always talk about places that women are underrepresented or bad things they're overrepresented in, but don't think to look at the other way around where it's just as bad. And and the whole question of representation is... Um, kind of skewed and thought of in a very unsophisticated way. I mean, should 50% of Congress or Parliament be women? Or should the the metric not be how many men and women are existing, but how many men and women are striving to be in Parliament? Men are funneled into things like Parliament, Whereas women have the opportunities to maybe go to parliament, but maybe I don't want to go to parliament. Maybe I like it at home. Maybe I like working part time. Maybe I like having a little business where I'm not expected to have to make a lot of money. Uh, Or maybe I like having a a job where I'm not expected to have a lot of power, but I get to feel good about what I'm doing. You know, social work, for instance, Mm. women are much more likely to be social workers. One of the reasons I hear that men aren't, uh, pursuing social work is because, well, men just, you know, they just like money. Mm-hmm. No, men don't like money any more than women do. Men are expected to make more money than men, th- than women are. That's, yeah. that's a problem that is at the root of a lot of social problems. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of the time that women have been pushed into doing something like a job that they don't actually want to do, but it's just the company are looking for more women. So they just want to encourage her to go for it. Well, you know, there again, black men are doubly disadvantaged yeah. because for companies that are woke or companies that are being uh, scrutinized by the bureaucracies, the governmental bureaucracies, if they hire a black woman, they get to check off two boxes. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't hire black women, but they shouldn't get to check off two boxes, whereas hiring a man would only allow them to check off one. Mm. Uh, 
it's you know it's a very grave unfairness yeah. to black men. Yeah, and the name of counterfeminism it sounds in itself the same as anti-feminism. So, do you feel that's the best thing to call it? I I, I don't uh, mm. particularly care what's the best name to call it. I think it's yeah. accurate, and with a little bit of explanation, I can say I'm not an anti-feminist. I agree yeah. that that fifty feminism is half right. There's 50% of feminism I agree with. Yeah. Uh, I'm a counter-feminist, though, because you're ignoring the 50% uh, that you, you have wrong. Mm. So I'm yeah. a counterbalance. You know, countering um, can be a very helpful thing. We have counterbalances in a lot of machinery, yeah. you know, and we have counterparts in a lot of organizations. And... Um, I'm I'm happy calling myself a counter feminist. It certainly gets people's attention. Yeah. And what do you think of these feminists that excludes the rights of trans women from their advocation? I don't know much about that. I mm. hear that there is a strain of feminism. I hear this. I don't know it personally. I hear there is a strain of feminism that is not very sympathetic to trans women because they because trans women are suspected by these uh cisgender is that the right word feminists yeah. to uh be traitors yeah. you know they they're really men uh mm. in um you know pretending to be women they're really spies uh from the male patriarchy coming in to pollute our you know our female purity I've heard that. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, I've seen some arguments like, oh, these trans women are actually men that became trans so they can go into female bathrooms and rape our women. Well, yeah. I don't think you'd go to all that effort, would you? One thing that I think is interesting about the whole trans phenomenon yeah. is I have asked, and I haven't really gotten a clear answer, and maybe nobody really knows, but it seems that most people have the feeling when I ask the question that there are more men who transition to being women than there are women who transition to being men. Yeah, And that makes me wonder, wow, do they see something nicer in being a woman mm -hmm. than in being a man. Yeah, and I, I suspect know. that that's very possible. I mean, you know, if you're a woman, you're probably going to live five, six, seven years lo longer than a man for one thing. Yeah. You know, you're, you're also much more likely to have people care about your feelings and your problems. Uh, things can be much nicer for women in some ways than for men. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not justifiable. Yeah. It's understandable because, you know, we are not that far from being a primitive little band of hominids uh, walking across the grand grasslands of Africa. And, you know, we, we had some primitive things we had to do. Women had to be over here doing this and men had to be over here doing this because men were a little bit better at throwing spears than women were. So we're going to maximize our efficiencies by having all of the men be spear throwers and all of the women being the ones who take care of the babies because we need both activities. Yeah. But, you know, we have civilization now. Yeah. And <clears throat> there really is no great need for men to think that their primary role is to be warriors. Yeah. Uh, we would like very much to be recognized as caring, kind, gentle, nurturing people. We also are very happy to have the, uh, the ability to get, uh, get rough when we need to, 
but we don't want that to be our, our sole job description. We want options too, just like women do. Absolutely. Well, where are we able to keep up to date with you and find out all we need to know about everything you're doing? Well, thank you for asking. I am launching um, a little company, a podcasting company called Male Friendly Media. It should uh-huh. be launching about July 1st. Okay. Uh, Male Friendly Media will publish two podcasts, one called Men Are Talking, mm-hmm. like we're doing now, yeah. um, where men talk. The tagline for the Men Are Talking podcast is, sometimes just talking can be a revolutionary act. Yes. The other podcast that we're going to do is called Goodwill Toward Men, in which I interview women who harbor goodwill toward men and who are interested and willing and able and ready and enthusiastic and eager to talk not just about women's disadvantages as women, but women's advantages as women. And not just uh, not just men's advantages as men, but men's disadvantages as men to help complete the picture. Yes, like being less likely to be murdered is an advantage yes. of women. There you go. People seem to act like it's the other way around. Yes, yes, it, it's a... It's, uh, you got to you got to admire uh, how effective uh, feminism has been. Yeah. Now, being effective in a political game is not necessarily, you know, a wonderful compliment mm. because there's lots of nasty, ugly, dishonest, disingenuous, cynical things uh, that serve to be f- effective in politics, but they certainly are. Yeah. Feminism really has mastered this game, absolutely, and uh, and 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 they're they're really good at it. And meanwhile, men are just sort of like, well, you know, if, if we're if we're good people, everything will work out. Mm. Um, no, no, we need to get back in the game here, and we need to play hard, and we need to say some things that they don't want to hear, and we need to have them point their fingers in our faces and tell us we're pigs and chauvinists and, you know, we must hate our mothers and we all have small penises, you know, whatever they want to say, uh, they will do. And we just have to sort of say, no, that's not it. Are you ready to listen? Yeah. And some of them will. And eventually we can build this thing and turn it around. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today. It's been great having you here. Thank you. It's been a, a great pleasure. You ask good questions. Thanks, Toby. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribben Show.